Welcome back to the Candid Faith Podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I am extra cozy today recording. Um, Well, tonight, it's late. (laughs) Um, I have moved to my little egg chair instead of at my desk, and I got hot apple cider fresh off the stove (laughs) with me in my little Christmas mug. And today... I finished a little Christmas embroidery project. Um, My husband's birthday gifts came in, so it kind of felt like early Christmas. Um, Yeah, we're just, we're feeling the Christmas spirit around here, and I'm really, really here for it. It's kind of the first year that um, I feel like we have felt like it's Christmas um, in our house. Like, we decorated for Christmas and everything in the past years, but it really feels like that holiday spirit, the holiday joy um, is upon us and upon our house. Today's episode is going to be a little bit, it needs to be a lot more Holy Spirit filled than normal. Not that the podcast isn't Holy Spirit filled um, on any other Friday, but normally, like I've said in in the past couple episodes, normally I get my podcast episode inspiration from past Bible studies I've done, but I was, I finished up my embroidery project and I just felt like the Lord was like, I need you to go record an episode on friendship. And that is such a sensitive topic for me. Um, and the fact that he asked me to do it without any notes, I just have my phone pulled up to some scripture referring to friendship Um, so I definitely need more, um, need more Holy Spirit guidance for this one because I don't have notes and there are so many tangents I can get on. Um, but I want to, I want to stay true to what the podcast is about, the vision, the goal for it. And that is just to lead you to Jesus and to remind us all to look to Jesus in all things. Um, so that's what we're going to pray over, um, in a minute. But before we jump into that, I just wanted to remind everybody that you can use code Shelby Lynn York at HosannaRevival.com. It's where I get all of my Bible, my journaling Bibles from. I get all my prayer journals from there. Um, I love them so much. I'm so grateful that they wanted to partner with me or they let me partner with them. Um, And they have Black Friday going on, I believe still. Even if it's not Black Friday, they do have a lot of holiday sales going on. So if you or someone you love needs prayer journals, um, Bible studies, or you want to gift somebody with a new Bible, that is the place to go. They're gorgeous, beautiful. There are plenty, there's plenty of room to write your notes in there um, and to just make your Bible your own, which is my favorite thing about them. And then I also have... Uh, 15% off at fullleafteco.com. That will be both of the, um, what am I trying to say? (laughs) Both of the discount codes will be in the episode description below for you. If you're a tea drinker, a tea gal like me, Full Leaf Tea Go is, oh my gosh, Tea Co is the place to go for all of your tea. It's everything's organic. I trust everything that they put put in their teas, how they make it, everything. Um, and I really love what their company stands for, their values and morals and everything like that. So highly recommend them. I just got a new winter tea, which I had earlier today, and it was amazing. My other favorite one is the tummy 
calmer, I think, tummy tamer, something like that. It's amazing after a meal, especially when you feel bloated. <laughs> so I was definitely doubling up on that after Thanksgiving. But like I said, today we are snuggled up with some apple cider, which is my favorite. I, I do like pumpkin. I do like pumpkin, but I'm just more of an apple cider girl. Like when I think of fall, I think of apple cider. I think of apple picking, but that's not to say I don't like pumpkin picking. I just, I'm just more of an apple gal. Um, yeah, so that's where we're at, <laughs> but let's go ahead and pray. Yeah. Let's always start with prayer. <sighs> Father God, um, I just thank you for, for just what you're doing through this podcast and what you're doing in each of our lives. Um, God, I just praise you for your sovereignty in every situation, God. Your sovereignty in every situation always brings such an awareness of your presence to me, and I am so grateful for it. Lord, as we dive into this topic, God, I just pray that you would give me your words and not my own words. God, I pray that you would just bring what you want me to say to the forefront of my mind. And I pray that it blesses the person who is listening to this episode today, Lord God, whatever they are going through, whatever reason they chose this particular episode today, Lord, to listen to it, God, Lord, I just pray that you would meet them where they're at. God, I pray that you would bless their friendship. I pray that you would bless their relationships, God, that you would work out any kink or knots or tension in their friendships and their current lives, Lord, because we've all gone through those seasons, Lord. We've all gone gone through seasons of loneliness and isolation um, and seasons that are just really, really hard when it's hard to, to get along with people, Lord. So God, I just pray that you would just work in our hearts today, that your Holy Spirit would come upon us and help us hear what we need to hear and to see with your eyes and to uh, hear with your ears, God, and just bless us with your wisdom, Lord, because we're ready to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I was, as I'm talking to the Lord and I'm asking him what I, cause you can, with friendship, there are so many angles that I could talk about and a hundred podcasts could talk about friendship and we're all going to have different perspectives and experiences. And so I wasn't sure exactly what the goal, what the Lord's goal for this episode was, but I think what I got and from what I understand, it's my experience in persevering in friendships and in situations that are tough. In my example, I have plenty of examples from the past, but within the past two years, basically since I found a new church community, well, since I found community in the church that I'm in, um, the Lord has really worked out a lot of the, a lot of honestly toxic traits in myself, um, that have helped me actually that did not help me in the past, um, when it came to maintaining friendship and when it came to being a good friend, I've talked about it in other episodes, I believe, or maybe in one of the episodes that I retired. Um, so I'm glad I'm bringing it up now. Um, but a lot of my experience with friendships had a lot to do with me not being a good friend. And that was because of who I was around. And um, we can just go ahead and jump into our first scripture of the episode. First Corinthians 15 33 says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And that was absolutely the case for me. Um, I was never really around 
the best influences, not saying those people were bad, not saying those people don't deserve love or friendship or that they aren't loved by God because they are. But at that time in my life, all I was doing with my friendships, like in my friendships was drinking, gossiping, um, a slew of other things that were leading to unhealthy, an unhealthy body an unhealthy mind and unhealthy friendship. A lot of the time, how I would react to conflict is I would run. I would basically ghost my friend if I felt like there was a situation between us, if there was tension between us, I would just be like, okay, we're done. That person isn't talking to me as much anymore. I can tell that I've upset her um, or she's upset. She upset me and there's clear tension between us. And then instead of just having a conversation about what had happened and how we could move forward, I would just be like, we're done. I don't want to be a part of this friendship anymore. Friendship should be easy. Um, I want people who like me on the good days and the bad days. And so I would just be like, I would just delete them on Facebook, delete their number. And I was just done. And while that is necessary, sometimes depending on the situation, there there definitely um, were people in my life where that was completely necessary. Where I just I needed to remove myself from the situation. There have been other times that I can look back on confidently and say, I really wish I would have just been a little bit more mature to be like, Hey, I value our friendship. Can we try to move past whatever is going on between us? And that all just was a result of not knowing how to communicate that well. Um, This was probably five or six years ago. And just how much I've I've grown in communication, not only in my marriage, but in my friendship, not only in those two areas, but with my family. It's just you don't realize that you kind of, you have a problem communicating until it really starts to affect your relationships around you. And like I said, at the time there was a, there were most people in my life. It was better if I just removed myself and just was done. But what I felt like the Lord was telling me to talk about in this episode was how I got over that because running from people normally is running, like you're running yourself out and you're disqualifying yourself from community and fellowship. And the friendships that I left in the past were not Christian relationships. And so when the Lord led me to the church I'm at now, I was just thrown into a huge community that I love. And I had so many people to pick to pick from, like whoever I wanted to be friends with, I could make it happen because there were options. And not only were there a lot of people but there were a lot of Christian people that I could that I could go up to and be like, hi, like, I really want to get to know you. I want to, like, do you want to go get coffee? And so about four months after I joined this, my new, my church, it was new to me at the time, um, I met so many amazing girls, but I had like a little tiff and had some drama with one particular girl. And I had that knee-jerk reaction to leave the church, like the entire church, instead of just trying to work it out or just like trying to move forward with her. Um, 
I was like, I just have to find a new church. I can't stay here if one person doesn't like me or if I don't get along with one person, I obviously like can't stay at this church anymore. And that I didn't realize that that's kind of how I that like that was my mindset in the past until it happened on a much larger scale. And I even thought to myself, like, Shelby, you can't just leave a church. Uh, Like you can't just leave because one person doesn't like you or you don't like one person. Like that's not healthy. And I had found such amazing community. And I was like, I can't just keep self-sabotaging myself like this. And I want to highlight Colossians 313 but only the beginning at first so Colossians 313 says bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone forgive as the Lord have for as the Lord forgave you but the beginning says bear with each other and that just drums up the the images and the thoughts and the truth that each of us is bringing in <laughs> like baggage Um, trauma, drama, (laughs) bad habits, and good habits. Like when we, when we decide we want to be friends with somebody, we have to accept that there might be some doors opened in that person's life. And we might be, we might peek into that door and be like, oh, I don't really know if I like what's in here. But what really helped me, what really changed my perspective, and this is hard, I'm not saying any of this is easy, But what really changed my perspective was remembering and always carrying with me the truth that God loves the people that I have a really hard time liking. Like I want somebody to bear with me when I'm having a really bad day. I want someone to bear with me and think, gosh, I don't know what's going on with her today. Our friendship dynamic feels a little off but I still love her and I don't want to let her go as a friend. Like to me, that has, that's what I lack. And that is what I have lacked in the past and sometimes in the present where I just don't feel pursued as a friend. I'm, I'm the one reaching out. I'm the one pursuing friendship, but it isn't always reciprocated. And that is a really hard reality, especially adult friendships, um, that can be a really hard reality because when all we want is community and fellowship, but we just feel like we're shoving in a puzzle piece that just doesn't fit there. Like that is so discouraging and it can be like so isolating and lonely. And I've gone through season after season in my life of loneliness and just accepting that my best friend just hasn't arrived in my life yet. And I think the person the Lord wants me to talk to talk to today is the person who feels rejected time after time after time. Whether it's because you don't feel like you fit in, whether it's because you're a Christian and all your friends aren't and they don't understand you, maybe your interests are different than the interests of people around you. Like there could be so many reasons why we feel rejected by friendship. But one thing I want to highlight is when we feel rejected because of other people's actions. And what I specifically want to speak into is gossip. Most of my friendships from the past 
non-Christian friendships were there was a foundation of gossip. And I've read a book called Girl Talk. It's really good. Um, I'll link it in the show notes. Um, I forget who it's by. But it's basically an entire book written about, like, it's a study on communication between females. And it's like, there's just something about the relationship between females that when we gossip, we feel like we're connecting. When we decide that, like, oh my gosh, you don't like somebody. I don't like that person either. Let's be best friends. There's just like something about that dynamic that is so alluring to females. And I'm not sure why. (laughs) Um, The book talks a lot about it. It's been a while since I've read it, but that was all of my friendships. We, there was like a core group of like four of us. And when one of us or two of us weren't there, we knew like if I was, if I decided to stay home and three of my friends went out, I knew that they were talking about me, but I just thought that was so normal because when one of my friends wasn't there and I was with the three other girls, we were talking about the girl that wasn't there. And that was just such a normal thing. And it's like, like if that's happening to you, you deserve so much better in a friendship and in a friend. If it's you that's doing it, please be better and do better and be more respectful because it really hurts being on the other side of it. And just ask yourself why. Why do you want to gossip? What makes bringing down a person or what makes talking about a person that can't, that isn't in the room to defend themselves? Why does that feel so good? When I was like completely overwhelmed with both scripture or conviction from God's wisdom and knowing the kind of friendships I was involved in back like years ago, I remember the Lord pointed me to Proverbs 16, 28. It says, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. And this was in the time of my life where I was like not walking with the Lord, but I was pursuing the Lord. And that just looked like deep, and long Bible studies, trying to learn as much wisdom as I could. And I remember coming across that scripture and just being like, oh my gosh, (laughs) like that's all we do. That's all we're doing. I don't even know if I like these girls because we haven't actually had a conversation that doesn't involve talking about somebody else. Like what kind of friendship, what, like, what does that say about our friendship and what, what does that say about the type of people we are currently? And so if you've been hurt and burned by gossip, that leaves such a deep scar that I promise you, you can recover from, but it does take time. And the biggest obstacle for me was getting over my, not getting over, it was healing and recovering and growing. Yeah, growing from my part like in the friend that I had become because I was not a good friend. I was learning from people that also were not good friends. I don't know if they've grown. I hope they have. I know I have. I know it hurts me when I see old habits coming out and I have to slap them down with prayer in the blood of Jesus. I have to slap those habits down sometimes because when you've been operating in that for so long, It can be kind of second nature. That's not an excuse to be a crappy friend. 
But I understand that it can be second nature sometime, but we just have to do better in order to receive better. Pursuing holy friendships involved me highlighting, praying over, repenting from mistakes that I had made, habits that I need, I knew I needed to get rid of in order to move into um, a space where I was confident that I was being a good friend, not saying that we don't make mistakes, but understanding uh, like understanding more about yourself involves acknowledgement and an understanding period. Like to understand yourself, you have to understand yourself. And so you have to be able to acknowledge your weaknesses and be like, dang, I know that if I'm in a situation where there's gossip, I'm more likely to join in. I know that if I am in a situation where there's alcohol or drugs, temptation is a little bit harder for me to fight. And not that it will always be that way because gossip, like when I was in, when I was around situations where there was gossip, it was really easy for me to fall into that habit again. But now it's not easy. I mean, what am I trying to say? It's not hard for me to fight it because not only do I know it's wrong, not only do I know it's not biblical, but it doesn't make me feel good. And it convicts me every single time because not only have I been on the receiving end of gossip, but I have dished it out and people will remember you by how you made them feel. And I want to be remembered as somebody who makes people feel good and welcomed and special and loved. And one of the hardest things that we will ever experience is probably loving somebody when you yourself do not feel loved. Because I've been in that space. I can argue that I'm in that space now within some friendships where I love that person more than they love or care about me. And Job 6.14 says, anyone who withholds kindness from a friend forsakes the fear of the almighty. So I don't, and I've been there before, but I don't want to ever be back in a place or a mindset where I withhold kindness or love or friendship because of how I feel or how I have been hurt. And that's not saying that my feelings or your feelings about being hurt, about being frustrated or discouraged or betrayed, that that, that all those feelings are not valid because they are. But even in our sin, God still chooses to pursue us. Even while we are in the act of sinning, God still loves us and is offering us a future full of hope. And that is such a radical way to love somebody. Because the world, our culture, our society tells us to boss up, to suck it up, buttercup. You're better off alone. You don't need them. If they don't need you, if they if they wanted to, they would. If they If they wanted to, they would do it. They would say it. That might be true a little bit. And maybe that's like, maybe that's a way to remind yourself not to settle for crappy friends. But there's also grace that has been given to us that we have to freely give in return when like people are not their best to us. That does not give us a reason to not be our best to them. The girl that I didn't get along with when I first joined my new church, I've have over the years, I have found out so much about what she has gone through in her personal life and in her past that it made it easier to forgive the things she said and the things that she did to me. 
Again, that does not make what she did okay or what she said okay. Forgiveness is about us being able to let go and understand that some things that have happened to us just weren't, they just weren't about us to begin with. It was about somebody else's trauma. It was about somebody else's mindset. It was about somebody else's insecurity or immaturity. It was not about us to begin with. And while I still chose to not be her friend, I still pray for her. And now I know what to pray over for her. And all of this might sound real holy and saint-like, but it's freaking hard. I'm just giving you an example of when I did one thing right. But day in and day out, this is hard. Loving somebody when they've hurt you, forgiving people when you don't feel like they deserve it. But you deserve, you deserve it. You deserve to live in freedom. You deserve to live in, you deserve to live with peace. Forgiveness isn't about them. It's about you and your alignment with the Holy Spirit and your alignment with the Lord. Unforgiveness separates us from the Lord. I mean, nothing can separate us from him, but our hearts, it's like we start to stuff cotton in our ears because we don't want to, we don't want to focus on anything except the thing that hurt us, which is crazy. Like, wouldn't you want to be running from that? Wouldn't you want to be like pursuing the Lord and his presence and all of his goodness instead of the, instead of ruminating and stewing on the thing that hurt you? Because that's what I used to do. That's what I find myself doing today. But I have enough experience with letting, like, I have enough experience to know and to, and to coach myself through it, like, this is the enemy. This is how he wiggles his way in and gets a foothold and tries to distract you from what actually matters and tries to whisper in your ear that every single time that you reach out to a person and that you make a friend, they're going to hurt you. Every single time you pursue community, you're going to get burned. People are going to talk about you. People are going to see right through you and see all your secrets and they're going to judge you and blah, blah, blah. And that's just, maybe all that's true, but that still does not disqualify you from fellowship and community because nobody here is perfect. Nobody here on earth is perfect. And every single time I have put my expectations on people, they fail because what does the Bible say? What does the word of God say? That we always fall short of the glory of God. And so if we fall short to the glory of God, we're like, we're going to fall short to each other, (laughs) to each other's expectations. And when I say expectations, I mean those, those um, boundaries and expectations that we just assume people know that are unspoken and like, oh yeah, they'll, they'll understand. They'll just know that I don't like when people say this about me. Or when they say this word, they'll know that I don't want to be treated this way or that I don't think that particular joke is funny or whatever it is. You have to communicate with people. I've heard it said like this before. Um, Boundaries help and tell others how they can live in relationship with us because if they want a relationship with us, they need to respect our boundaries. And if they've been made aware of your boundaries several times, but they continue to cross them, It might be that they just don't like you and it might be time to consider why we are still being friends with people who are constantly stepping over or disrespecting the boundaries that we have put out 
But again, if you have not made those boundaries clear, being treated poorly is something or a behavior that we have to that we have to decide if it's being intentional, like if that person is being intentional about how they treat us or if they just don't think what they're doing or saying is wrong. For me, um, gossip in a friendship is a boundary of mine. And so if, you know, somebody kept crossing that boundary, I would have to consider if I really wanted that person in my life anymore. Just the other day, I think I actually talked about this in the previous episode, but it applies to this topic as well. I was um, at a workout class and this girl that I knew that, um, that I used to hang out with maybe like for two years, I think I haven't seen her in a while, but um, we hung out, we were friends for like two years and she walks into the workout class and I just like, I get so excited when I see people that I know and I smile, I wave at her. I'm like, I kind of make like a shocked face, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're here and I'm here and what the heck. Um, and she just kind of like looks me up and down and it's just like, oh, it's, you know, she didn't say like, oh, it's you. But like, that was the look that I got. It was just like, oh, okay. Uh, like no smile, walked right past me. Like she didn't even know me. And we're Facebook friends. So I know she knows me. <laughs> like I said, we were friends for two years. Um, and that was like right at the beginning of the workout class. And it just like gutted me. And it wasn't that I was upset about how she acted. I felt stupid. I was like, dang, I should not greet people with a smile anymore. I should not act excited to see people that I really like ever again. And I just started spiraling because I was like, what my brain was telling me was that when I get excited to see somebody, I'm just going to get hurt. Or when I put myself out there, I'm just going to get hurt over and over again because my brain picked up that that hurt my feelings and now it's trying to protect me and it's trying to tell me don't ever do that again don't ever smile at somebody unless they smile at you first don't ever walk up to somebody and hug them unless they're pursuing you first and just I mean even just saying that it makes me really really sad because I know that's I mean that's exactly what was going on in my brain and that makes me really sad but I have been hurt by friends time and time and time again and it is only because I have the Lord to talk to about it that I have been able to recover and to like God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit <laughs> is the cure to a bitter heart if you've been hurt by anybody. And so in that moment, it took me a minute to realize like, okay, I need to like go to God about this. But um, a few minutes later, I was like, God did you just see that? Did you just see that look she gave me? What the heck? Like, what did I do? Like, have I offended her? Um, is this not a public setting? Like, am I not allowed to be here? I paid to be here. Um, and I just started talking to him through, like, talking out my thoughts to him as I'm, like, working out. I'm just talking to the Lord about how I'm hurt, a little offended, um, how I'm spiraling. And it doesn't take away what, how you feel, but what is gifted, what was gifted to me was an assurance and a peace and knowing that God understood and that God never gives me a dirty look. When, when you walk into the room, God's celebrating. God's running at you with a big hug. 
time and time again, over and over again, like you can be confident that the Lord does not gossip about you, that your heavenly father does not give you a weird look when you walk into a room or when you wake up in the morning, (laughs) that the things that we'll experience on earth outside of God, like from people or situations, God is the answer. He is not like the Lord is not a reflection of the darkness that we might face on earth. God is absolute truth, righteous, just, love, merciful. He's faithful. He never changes. He's sovereign. He's holy. All of these things are not what we are going to consistently find in people. But when we are pursuing holy friendship, we will see more of God, more of Jesus in our friends and our community than we will see outside of that community. And when we go out into a community where Jesus or like into a community that hasn't accepted Jesus or doesn't know him, we are the example of him. And so when I started pursuing holy friendships, I knew that I could like go to those people and rest. And I I knew that I could trust them with intimate information, with intimate details of my life and know that it wasn't going to be written like in the sky or like in a newspaper or in a blog somewhere. Holy friendships are mutual and sacred relationships that are deeply, deeply rooted in God's love. We have to have holy friends to walk alongside us in a way that can challenge us and constantly remind us of the work and the love of God. And that also comes with praying for discernment of knowing who isn't supposed to be in your life at the moment or ever, if ever. Um, The Holy Spirit is more than willing to gift everybody who asks narrow, precise, like precise discernment of people Like there have been so many times where the person that other people are obsessed with, the Holy Spirit just doesn't give me that feel good tingle about. And normally there's a reason and that reason normally comes to light at some point in time. The greatest example we have of holy friendships are between Jesus and his disciples. And that is right there in that holy book that I hope we all have. And if you don't have a physical one, you have one on your phone or online. Jesus called each of us to follow him. He saw special gifts in each of his, in each of his followers. And knowing that these men and women would be called for a greater uh, mission after his death, he helped them along their path toward holiness. And I just love that so much because Ecclesiastes 4.10 says, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. A holy friendship is so much different than an ordinary friendship because it's held in God's love and it's a part of God's bigger ongoing story in the world. Um, What sets holy friendships apart is that we have a larger purpose beyond the friendship itself. And I love, I love that fact so much. 
I love that. We are helping people like run toward Jesus with our friendship. And when I first joined my church community, there was just a time where I was just observing and I loved the friendships that I saw around me and how they modeled the love of Jesus within those friendships. And that is what helped me understand what to pursue and what to leave behind. I love um, just like simple things to take away (laughs) from a lesson. Um, So if there is an application from this episode that I hope you would take away, it's to be the kind of friend who is always ready with an encouraging, positive word, be accountable, share your struggles with a trusted friend, and set a regular time to check in with each other. The friendships that I have today that I know are lasting and holy and supportive and loyal, those are the people that when I'm going through something really, really sucky, I know I can trust them. I know that they are a locked vault when it comes to my the details of my life, and they know that they can trust me with the details of their life. Because that is what, that's the friendship we've established. That's the friendship that has been founded and built more, built on the foundation of faith rather than the foundation of something that is going to end up judged by God and broken. One of my favorite parts of pursuing holy friendships is that it points us to more holiness and it also helps us make godly decisions. Because if I'm struggling to make a good decision <laughs> or the right decision, I know that God has put the the appropriate people in my life that can speak and pour into me just as he would and just as he does. I think my favorite example of this is literally in Genesis. Um, the first problem of the world, <laughs> it was sin. But at the root of that, it was solitude. Right. So in Genesis 2.18, it says it is not good that man should be alone. And like what happened with Eve? She was tempted and she failed because she was isolated by the enemy. She was isolated and alone and like didn't have her partner to kind of talk her out of it. I mean, how many times have we been alone or like when we've made a decision on our own and because we we didn't bounce that idea off of somebody, we made a stupid decision because I know I have. <laughs> I need those, um, those mentors, those really close friends. I need those people in my life to tell me like, hey, I understand where you're coming from, but I don't think that's the right way to approach it. I don't think that's the right thing to say or do. And then in Proverbs 18.1, it warns us and says, He who isolates himself breaks out against all sound judgment. And so not only is that an encouragement to surround yourself with people who do have good judgment, maybe when we're lacking in that area, whether that's having a mentor or going to somebody who has been through your situation before and successfully found themselves on the other side of that situation, or just somebody that you trust and will listen to you and will offer you godly advice and loving support. I think we also forget that friendship is in an is a whole Bible theme. And like the Bible tells us the story of creation, fracturing 
and an ultimate restoration of true friendship because our true, constant, firm, enduring friendship is with God. And we're also encouraged to have friends with each other, to have fellowship with each other. And in the beginning, Adam and Eve enjoyed the fullness of this friendship. But their sin led them into hiding in Genesis 3.8. Um, and they've been hiding. Like we, we hide behind our own fig leaves, like our own masks. Especially when we have felt rejected, when we don't want to let people in on who we really are when we don't want to let people know what we're really struggling with or, you know, that sin problem that we have in our life that causes us to hide even more. And then it, I feel like in my experience, it's caused me to also hide from God because it's, it's like in our nature or it's easy to fall into the mindset of, well, if I can't be honest with people I'm face to face with how can like the god of the universe see me and still like see the real me and still find me worthy and I just want to encourage you with the fact that all who befriend god all who follow jesus you will be brought into community of friendships within your church and I've been in churches that didn't have that strong of a community or, you know, I'm a young adult, and so they may, maybe didn't have a young adult's program or club or whatever you want to call it, whatever it's called at your church. Like, they might have not had that, but there are churches that do. And even if you don't want to leave your, you know, the church that you call home, you can still. <laughs> it's honestly amazing when, when we can go to other churches and experience what they have to offer. I know a lot of people from from my church, they will go to other churches in the community and just check out their, um, or get plugged into other young adult programs just to meet new people. Like we're all a part of the body of Christ. Like that's not, you know, like a church, is not a gang and we can't like, we can, it's not like we can never talk to them or never acknowledge the fact that there are other churches. Like we are all the body of Christ. Um, we are all fishers of men. (laughs) So I just want to encourage you that even if you don't have a strong community in your church now, just do some research and see if you can find another church in the area where you can maybe go on like a Wednesday night to a young adults um, event or a Friday night or whenever they have it. Because true friendship is more like a covenant than a contract. We sometimes treat friendships or relationships like they're consumers or like we're consumers. We befriend somebody for the benefits that we receive, but like a contract, when the relationship doesn't give us the goods that we want, we leave. But the Bible shows us that real friendship is more, more of a covenant than it is contractual. And Proverbs teaches us about, um, in Proverbs 18, 24, it says a friend who sticks closer than a brother. It commands us, do not forsake your friend in twenty seven ten. And it warns us about the fickleness of fair weather friends um, in 19.4. Wealth brings many new friends, but a poor man deserves, or I'm sorry, but a poor man is deserted by his friend. Proverbs is such an amazing guide, a very practical guide um, to forging true friendship. Proverbs gives us wisdom um, for navigating the complexities of our relationships, which is what we all need. 
And it doesn't just address relationships in general, but also friendships. Um, for example, it teaches us what to look for in true friends, like in Proverbs 13.20, Proverbs 22.24. Um, it shows us why loyalty is so important for cultivating friendship. And it also shows us that um, it shows us the one thing that is most damaging to this kind of relationship, and that is spreading secrets or gossip. You just cannot get around this topic of gossip when it comes to friendships. Like it will eat away at every single friendship or relationship. And I don't, I was that person that thought I knew gossip was wrong even before I was technically walking with the Lord. It didn't feel good to me after it happened, you know, in the moment, you don't really think about it. But I was definitely that person that thought, yeah, we gossip, but that's okay. Like every friend gossips and that's just what we do. And we'll be friends forever. And, you know, we, everyone has like, you know, those visions of like, we're going to be friends forever. You're going to come to my wedding and you're going to be there for my kids and everything. But if gossip is at the center or an issue in your friendship, you will not make it. You will not make it to the milestone that you're hoping that friendship will make it to. Friendship is the goal of the gospel. Christians, we think about salvation as forgiveness of sins and eternal life, which is true. Those things are not wrong, but it's more, it's so much more than that. Jesus gives all of who trust him the privilege of being his friend. It says so in John 15, 14. And I mean, like, what is eternal life? According to Jesus, he says, this is, okay, this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent in John 17, 3. He rescued us to forge an intimate relationship with the true God. Jesus tore the veil so that we could have direct access to God. God forgives us that we might share his true fellowship of love forever so that we can continue to make friends, to make relationships, to build community based on what is right and true and just and righteous. Again, I just love the fact that friendships like holy friendships are a reflection to the world like a reflection that we belong to Jesus and it shows the world that truth because when this lonely world of broken relationships sees churches filled with friendships even if they're imperfect even if they have their ups and downs just like any relationship those relationships are still filled with true repentance and forgiveness. And that is what we need to be modeling our friendships after. And when the world sees that the church is filled with those type of friendships, they will know that something has come from above. They will know that those friendships did not come from the world. Society, our culture did not teach us about those friendships, but the one true God has. And they will see that our talk of Jesus as the friend of sinners is real. And that's proven in John 13, 35. It says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So one thing I want to leave, I want to end this episode on is encouragement. Well, I always want to do that. (laughs) I always want to leave with encouragement. But first and foremost, I just want you to settle your heart on the fact and the truth that Jesus is our truest friend. Most Christians hesitate to call Jesus a friend, but Jesus does not share our hesitation. Like he is all in on our friendship, on friendship with us. He's not going to be the type of friend to gossip behind your back. He's not going to 
say mean things about you to your face or behind your back. He's going to be consistent and loyal. Anything that you could possibly want in a friend, Jesus fulfills it and more. And this matters to him. And it matters that we embrace this characteristic about him. He invites us to understand our relationship on terms of friendship. And we might need to exchange an, a false dichotomy. You know, Jesus is our king, not our friend. We need to replace that mindset with the biblical mindset of Jesus is our glorious king and our greatest friend. Not or and our greatest friend. Friendship is truly a joy in life that we all need. Laughter is medicine. <laughs> it's truly a joy and it's biblical. And I promise you that if you start praying for the friendships that you that you know that you want and you know that you're ready for, first of all, pray that your heart is ready to receive friendship because there was a time in my life where I was pray- praying for friendships, but my heart was not ready. And when somebody good and holy, like a holy friendship did come my way, I basically ruined it because I was not healed from past trauma and drama. So just pray that your heart is ready to receive friendship. And I promise you that when you start to pray for friendship, um, that God will honor that and bless you with it because friendship is biblical and it aligns with God's will for our life. And we can be confident that he will answer us when we pray out or when we pray and cry out for friends, like holy friends. Because I was in that situation where I had I had not a single person. I had not one person to call a friend. But I prayed and I continued to press in to his presence, knowing that he would answer. Knowing that if I came boldly before the throne room of grace, that I would be responded to. The Bible gives us everything we need to recover. A greater vision of true friendship. Replace whatever images, whatever thoughts, whatever lies you have been believing and replace it for the greater vision that God has given us for friendship. It shows us that even even our feeblest efforts at forging friendships echo a more glorious reality. Even friendship is a small and imperfect echo of the true God who made us in his image to enjoy friendship forever. So friendship didn't come from us. It came from God. And he gives us everything we need through his word and his spirit to cultivate it well for the ultimate glory of God. Friendship is so, so important. And I am believing for you and believing with you that if you are praying for friendship, for holy friendship, that it is going to come. It is going to come your way in Jesus' name. And you are going to be in my position where you step back and look at your life and think, I never thought this was going to happen to me. I never thought that God was going to bless me. My community that I'm in now is a perfect example and an edifying experience for like, you know how people say, you know, you can pray for what you want, but God will always bless you with more or like what you're praying for isn't is like so much smaller than God's plan for you. That is so incredibly the case for me and my prayers because I was just praying for like one or two friends at the time, you know, like a couple years ago, I was just praying for like maybe one, maybe two friends that I could just like, you know, have over for tea or dinner or whatever, go out shopping, 
go to church together, whatever. But dang, God was like, "Mm, how about two times 10? (laughs) How about two times 20? Like literally. (laughs) And like I said, that just is not what I was praying for. Not because I didn't want it, but just because whether I just didn't think I deserved it, whether I didn't think he could deliver on it, it doesn't matter because he did and he will for you too. Remember to pray in your personal time with God into any rejection that you might be holding on to, any unforgiveness that you've been holding on to, and just ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand your heart and where it's at currently so that when the time comes and when you are when God is ready to bless you with more or new friends, holy friendships, you will be so incredibly prepared to receive and accept and welcome those people that you are going to forever call an answered prayer and a blessing. So I just hope that even a minute of this podcast blessed you and gave you something to think about, gave you something to pray about. Um, I know that Seasons of solitude are very difficult, but I am living testimony that God will deliver us out of it if we pray and if we surrender our thoughts and our feelings and our desires to him and continue to pray in alignment with his word because friendship is biblical. Jesus had friends. He had close friends and he had boundaries. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just hope that this that you were able to take something away from this Um, and I really look forward to next week's episode. Again, um, every episode comes out on Friday. If I mentioned anything, whether it's the book that I mentioned earlier or, um, the discount codes or my social media, those will be in the episode notes below. So if you just click on the episode and click more underneath the about, like about this episode, that will all be there for you. And If you have prayer requests, feel free to email me or not email me, um, reach out to me on social media. I would love to pray for you and with you. I hope you guys have an amazing and restful, blessed, and what's the other thing I was going to (laughs) say? Oh, and safe. Yes, please always be safe. (laughs) But I hope you guys have a great weekend and I look forward to connecting with you and hanging out with you next week.